everybody. Welcome to another episode of Wear Many Hats. I'm your host, Mark Robinson. It's great to be here today. We are joined by another titan of the industry. Um, a gentleman named Shane Colleen, who is the Workplace Experience Director for the UK at CBRE. Hello, Hi. Shane. How are you doing? Hello, Mark. How are you? Oh, really good, mate. Really Thanks good. for having me on. No, that's all right. How's your day been? Uh, intense. Very intense. Busy time of the year. Intense good or intense bad? Intense good, I suppose. Intense good. Yeah. yeah, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that. You don't seem very sure. <laughs> If you asked me a few hours ago, I might have said intense bad, but intense it, yeah, bad. it's turned around. Yeah, this is yeah. a great way to end the day, actually. You've chilled so. out now, haven't you? Exactly. You've had a coffee, yeah. and you sat here yapping to a northerner. That's, that's, that's always good. <laughs> what more can you ask for? <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Okay, well, it's absolutely great to have you, Shane. Um, Thank you. You know, can't wait for this episode. I think we're going to talk about some really interesting things. Obviously, we had some really interesting discussions about innovations before we came in, um, so we'll probably get onto that at some stage. Um, but why don't we start with you walking us through your career, because I believe you were to a very interesting place that some witches and wizards out there may be quite interested <laughs> along, in. Along the way, yeah. yeah. So you can probably tell by the accent I'm definitely from Ireland, from County yeah. Mayo in Ireland. I moved to London in 2009, but I started off in hotels, done my degree in hotels, had the pleasure of working in Germany for a year in hotels, and that's where I learned the difference between Irish timekeeping and German timekeeping, because right. the Germans, when they say on that hour, they mean at that minute, that hour, and yeah. the Irish a bit more less, I fear, with timekeeping. So I learned that. Um, that's one thing I've kept my whole career is being punctual and being on time for things. Yes. Um, so um, done lots of hotel jobs in Ireland, up to up, up to a conference room, events manager, wedding manager. So you were always kind of in like that that people focused. Role, Absolutely, right? always front of yeah. house. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, yeah. So the, the, being, I was I loved being a wedding manager because you could make each bride feel special. And yeah. My USP was I would never hand over to the ops team. I would come in on the Saturday and meet the bride and groom myself, make sure the room was set up as I promised. Would you really? Yeah. So that was that. That was a nice handover to make sure that everything we promised went according to plan right and that took off we had a huge wedding market that was in, in Cork in Ireland oh, moved lovely. to Dublin became a confident banking manager in a large very well known hotel the Morrison right uh, done a year in Dublin I said this isn't for me uh, and why? Could, why Why? wasn't it for you oh I loved living in Galway where I'd done my studies I loved yeah. living in Cork and, and but this Dublin was just it, oh, I've got to be careful now but it felt like it had the expense of a big city without actually being a big city uh, okay. and I, I just didn't click with it at all and yeah, after yeah. three months I kind of said I want to move out uh, my best friend had moved to London right. and he said to me come on over here and give it a chance see how yeah. you get on so yeah, I, yeah. I came over for an interview that November and right. by February I had moved over so this February will be I've done I've completed 14 years 14 years yeah. hey that's not bad is it so straight into contract management then in the front of house world and absolutely loved that so done some yeah. great iconic buildings in London do you want to name check a few Tower 42 20 Grace Church you know wow. the Credit Swiss building in Bank of America Barclays which is fantastic yeah but all, always like... front of house always kind yeah. of floor ambassadors right. and then I joined uh, the Warner Brothers account uh, my, a really good client of mine gave me advice he goes don't get boxed into front of house yeah. because you can get siloed into that and you won't progress your career he said so he said right. get out and learn more so that's why I took the job uh, for Warner Brothers yeah. uh, which was soft services but it was all like repo graphics telecoms I'd never done that before mail rooms re- really? as, as well as front of house and switchboard yeah. this whole new this whole new media world which I'd never touched before which was yeah, very, yeah. very interesting 
of course, American company, so they get busy at five o'clock in the evening as, as America. Well, yeah, would America wakes up. Exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. comes online, so conference bookings, mm. celebrities coming in. We had two cinemas in the building. Yeah. And so you had a constant flow of people coming to see, see before the films got released, the celebrities would come and see them. Yeah. The critics would come and see them. So a constant flow of um, important people that had to be kept low-key and, and yeah. secure. So, so, so you, you, met, you met a lot of celebrities, I'm guessing? Yeah, yeah. Really Who did. was the nicest? Is, uh, is the one that stands out as the nicest? Um... I suppose the most exciting was Tom Cruise. Really? Yes. Is he as little as everyone says? He is. I didn't, is get, I, didn't, I, was, I didn't get to talk to him, but my, right. my telecoms guy who reported to me did, and I was very disappointed by that. Right, I, I was like, oh, I, I can't talk to him. But yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was sat off quite quickly into a room, as you can imagine. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, of course, yeah. But the nicest person I met was probably Adele, came in once to watch a film with, with her family. You know, oh, really? Yeah, so again, she's exactly as you see her on the TV. There's no difference in her? No difference whatsoever. What about the worst? Huh? What about the worst? Oh, I know. I'm, <laughs> London's too small still, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say. I'll tell you after the folks. Yeah, that's that's all right. Yeah, yeah. I'll share it with listeners on a different. Episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say it didn't come from Shane. Yeah. Okay, lovely. And so, yeah. one, so two and a half years, two and yeah. half years, I really loved it. And then I got a call up from a big, big supplier to say, would I come and be a deputy account director right. on an even bigger soft services contract and, and banking this time? So I went and jumped into well, that. Well, that's a massive change. Yeah, yeah, isn't it? it was from, big. And from entertainment to finance. Yeah. I mean, from a very team, different. Yeah, yeah, a team of 15 into a team of about 120. Wow, so wow. That, that in itself was to get your head around that. So I kind of. I went towards the front of house team first of all by comfort zone because there was yeah. so, so much to learn in terms of landscaping yeah, of course, yeah. and a completely different world I didn't I'd never managed cleaning before I didn't even understand cleaning yeah. suddenly to be managing you know 60 cleaners it was just like a completely different world that and must have been it must have been a real period of adjustment for it me. was it was it was so much to take in so quickly uh, yeah. and then within six months the account director moved on to another role and they offered me the account director role right and I was thinking do I really feel ready for this but the client was fantastic actually one of the few clients I'm still friends with this all these years later oh really yeah fantastic oh, fantastic client so yeah. she said I believe in you Shane you can do it we can work on this together she said I know you have gaps but I've been here for years I'll help you which was you know, how many clients what do that what a thing to hear though that's yeah. fantastic yeah and she said I'll give him my blessing so you go for it so we went for it I had a great boss at the time and he was very yeah. supportive and it all just kind of came together there was ups and downs of course it was over and back but yeah. I wanted to turn it into a contract of people focused so it was a very well run established contract for many years yeah. but it had become very militant and I said we can. I want to change the tone to are putting our people first. Yeah, yeah. I turned it into a service excellence, people focused, and that really paid off as our engagement scores went up, our client satisfaction scores went up. This, the general service in the building went up because the people on the ground were giving better feedback generally because my people yeah. were, were happier on the ground. Um, and then my, in my final year, it had to go out to tender. You know, these things come around, procurement yeah, pushed yeah. them out. Yeah. Um, and I said, we're going to fight it, we're going to win it. And we went out and we had, you know, all the big boys after it. Yeah. And we, after a year, we retained it. Oh, and well then done. I said, it's time for me to to move on and someone new to now fresh to come in and lead this I've done yeah. two and a half years yeah. so and then it's, it's quite interesting that you talk about the people piece because that sounds to me like you were doing that before the rest of the industry well it, because it's, it's a big thing now but yeah. 10 years ago 10, 10, 11 years it wasn't really yeah. was it let's be honest I mean it, it was there but not in the same not in the same format. I've always been a people person, so yeah. and then I always wanted to be a manager. I've learned mistakes by being too soft. So you have to learn this uh, this balance of carrot and sticks, yeah. how to get things done. But you, oh, if your baseline is treat people always with respect, yeah, and and treat them as a human being, yeah, then then you'll probably get more from them. I found so I I found that that would be my approach would would be quite successful. And it it proved me right every single time. So, right. but to be fair, you can see the enthusiasm. <laughs> you really can. It really comes through. So it's great to see that. Yeah, it's great to see that. 
that. And then after that, the um, I was approached by Seabury to come and join them. Yeah. And it was the first time being asked to do a consultancy SME role, which yeah. was quite different. And that was so that was interesting to me. So I, I said, yeah, I would happily do so that. So how, how does that how does that that role operate then? Tell us a little bit about that role. That consult. What, what does yeah. that look like? So basically, we ha- we work in the TFM division in uh, in CBRE. So we do right. all the services. Yeah. Um. And there's, we have numerous accounts all across the UK yeah. that run different services. And we go we go around and so my, me my team. Uh, I say it, my team, me, Christine, we're, we're a team or two. Yeah. We go around and we, we try to instill the excellence into the contract managers who are delivering those services day by day. Because you might have had an engineer that's worked as we have to be a contract manager. Yeah. He absolutely understands the building. He understands the HVAC. He understands temp- temperature controls. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't get the customer user experience. Why is it important to have the doors clean? Why is it important to have no leaves in reception? So yeah. All those things are important about the experience moments. The little things. The little you things. You don't necessarily yeah. think about. And why do we walk the floors every day before? people come in why do the blinds all have to be even why are the meeting rooms clean yeah and why are we talking to people on the floor trying to get them to use the building in a different way say actually jenny don't use that meeting room because it's for 15 people use a focus room because it's, it's built for one person yeah. it's less energy usage so when you build those relationships you can really actually curate the experience um, around that building yeah that's fantastic. That's fantastic. How long have you been in that role now? Well, I've been with Seabury now for four years, but I yeah. jumped back into an operational role last year as an account director. Right. I got to pick up the hard services world, which is a completely different world from the soft services. Yeah, it is. So yeah. That, How did you find that? It's a bit like dark magic, isn't it? I, I, I just, like a sponge, I wanted to take it all in. I yeah. always wanted to learn it and always felt um, I don't have that engineering brain whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but I was fascinated by how much detail they go into. And what I found was engineers need as much love as front of house people do. Yes. When you sit down with engineers and people who are, who are night who don't usually see the directors or managers and say, tell me about your world, what can I do? Yeah. And they were like, oh, you're just another guy in a suit. No, nothing's going to happen. I thought, I promise you things are going to happen around here. And I do a session called BMW. Right. And it stands for bitchy, moaning, and whining. So I said, <laughs> I said, get it off you. What makes you actually want to leave the role? Put that under the B category. Yeah. And then the morning is things that annoy you day by day. And winter is little things you want to get off your chest. And when it's off your chest, it's gone. Yeah. And then I would actually take that away and play it back either to the client or the account manager. Yeah. And then try to make active changes. And we we had clients we played it back to and they go actually this is fantastic I, I'll, I'll support that change for example and when really? we, we play it back and say we've heard you and actually we're going to change this that is so motivating for those people yeah so did you come up with BMW yeah you did <laughs> yeah. I really like that I'm, write that down <laughs> <laughs> well I was told you can't use that in front of clients and pitches and I use it every time yeah. I read the room not every time but most times and I throw it out there and I, it, they laugh every single time well people are, we're all people aren't we yeah, exactly Exactly. And if you're in a room full of adults, they've all heard that. Yeah. And I, be, I think people find that they like what's something to be authentic and passionate about I something. Agree. And yeah. Rather than rolling off a, a pre, pre-learned script, but yeah. they want to hear. If you're authentic in a room, and sometimes I really care about your experience, I really care about your people, I want to get to know them. Yeah. That clients will latch onto that every time. Oh, brilliant. Okay. So as Workplace Experience Director, you know, you're covering the whole of the UK at the moment. Um, are you trying to, because obviously London, I think, is or as whole, is being viewed to be quite, insular and there's a different level of service that's received here i don't know i don't know if that's a are you trying to replicate that everywhere yeah what clients are asking for in this post-covid world is what we call hotelification they want the best of the hotel world brought into the corporate world yeah so when i was in warner brothers it was a very siloed delivery you had receptionists you had mail room you had repo graphics i broke those walls down and cross-trained everyone yeah so skill exactly so able to make efficiencies for the client and as the post rooms as we know that the mail active mail coming is dropping every single year yeah switchboard calls are dropping every single year people have changed the way they work and teams and zoom have has transformed all that 
So they are. it's getting the team upskilled and trained. So now they're hosts. They can they can walk into a room. They right. understand the technology. They can connect the screens. Yeah. It's all about a home away from home. When as the guests come in, try to make them feel as comfortable as possible, or give them a reason to come into the office. As yeah. as Mark Bell said last time, is give them a reason to make that commute. Exactly. Get, get, how how yeah. do we get them from the house to make that commitment to come in come into the office? Because everybody got used to not doing it. Exactly. And thought to themselves. This is all right. Exactly. You know, you're not having to do that an hour and a half on a train. Yeah. You know, squeezed up to someone's arm. It's all right. You know, it's just... Especially in summertime. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Very much so. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously you didn't really, you weren't really inspired to pursue a career in facilities management per se. No. But what has, what has made you continue your career within facilities management and not move back to something, say, hotels? or Yeah. Know, why have you pursued that? To, why have you continued? Hotels are very family-orientated. It's almost like we're all in this together. So yeah. you're, you do the long weekends, you do the long shifts, you have the Friday, Saturday, when everyone else is having a good time, you're working. Yeah. Um, but you have that kind of Sunday night going out and get very drunk when everyone else is at work or Monday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I find is from people that have moved from hotels into the corporate world, find it a bit lonely at times because mm. you don't normally have that connection of we're in it together. The corporate world is usually Monday to Friday. You go home to your family, home to your friends. Yep. It's a bit more. So I think it's a t- time to adjust to it. Yeah. Um, but I would recommend anyone to go to go into a hotel. I, what I learned in hotels was fantastic. I wouldn't personally go back now. I'm a bit older. I, I, I think it is more of a younger person's. Yeah, yeah. Um, not, that, not that there aren't roles for people that are of, of our um, inclination and age. <laughs> um, but, but it is more of a younger sort of it kind of always has been, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, a duty manager hotel, I don't think you can yeah. do duty manager more than two or three years because it's active. It's a, hu- a huge part of hotel life. But you burn yeah. out. You're dealing with complaints. Mm. You're a jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. You're, you're in the, behind the bar pulling pints. You're down serving eggs. Yeah. You're, up, you're up checking out. That's fantastic to get all those skills. Yeah, of course. And yeah. they're very transferable in, into our into our FM world. But that pace of work can be quite um, yeah difficult. Quite, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've worked in a hotel. I remember I used to wash pots when I was about thirteen. <laughs> that was that was that, that was probably the hardest job I've ever had. I, I can think. imagine. You know, just stood at a sink for like ten hours. It was hard work. Big pots. Yeah, big pots. <laughs> and I was only little as well, Shane. I've, I've, I've grown about four inches since. <laughs> <laughs> I can reach it over the sink now. Exactly. No, yeah. Okay. So, well, look, that's absolutely fantastic, you know, and it's great to see that you're working in a specific environment within facilities management. Um, how do you think, you know, that workplace experience element is going to evolve over the next let's say three to five years, because I know there's different, but what, what do you think is going to come into it? How, how's it going to change? It's, it's moved so quickly. You think of before COVID, it was kind of something in the background. People it was. didn't take it serious almost. Mm. And then we had the COVID, then we had returned to the office. Suddenly then, that's when I, I joined Seabury, it became, well, every client wants to talk to you now. Yeah. And then what do we want the office to look like? And then actually we have these all these desks that no one's sitting at. Let's let's change the space around. Yeah. I said, let's not just jump into what everyone else is doing. What do, you, what do your people want from this building? So do your survey, do a focus group and ask them what do they want and generally it was more uh more um creative experience they yeah. want more collaboration spaces so yeah. when they do come to the office they want to work together yeah. i went to um, a media company of a very famous app 
and uh, I won't name the app. It's very, very famous. Um, right. We, we, we tell won, us in pub after. We, yeah, we yeah, won yeah. the contract there. And there's all these desks empty. But there's this big, massive pool of people all together, all very young workforce. Like You're talking 18 to like 22, all huddled together. I said, what are they doing? They're all on this big couch and chairs. They don't want to sit at desks. They want to physically be close to one another. So they're, yeah. they're actually working on a project together. And they're all sitting in this circle. I was thinking, we have to get ready for this next generation because they don't, oh. they don't want the pedestal and the table and the plant and the foot. They yeah. actually want to work in a different way. They do. Yeah. And we have to get ready for that because I do a lot of work with clients who are like, Shane, in four years, 70% of our workforce is going to be Gen Z, millennials. Yes. So we're, yeah. or, or we think by giving them goat milk and having vegan one day a week, it's going to keep them happy. It's not. They're going to be no. the, the majority of the workforce. What, what are we going to have to do to get ready for that? Yeah. And it's, it's playing that out the client. Well, what does that look like in your long-term strategy? Because it wasn't always at the board table. Now the board, no. the board is saying, what can we do to get ready for this? Yeah. To get people back into the office using the space wisely and having this well-being inclusivity we have to look yeah. at all these different kind of disabilities it isn't just someone who has a physical disability now we're looking at people that have hidden disabilities and how do we make the workplace inclusive for them as well yeah 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 no I completely agree I mean just it's, it's a really interesting one isn't it because you know how how do businesses have the foresight to get that right because there's there's so many different facets to it, you know. Yeah. Work, the workplace thirty years ago used to be simple, didn't it? <laughs> Compared to now, yeah. You know, now it's you know a million miles an hour, ten thousand different ways of doing things and things like that. You know, um, it's it's a really interesting time, I think, for for landlords and you know workplace experience directors such as yourselves. You yeah. Know? So, where where do you where do you see technology and things like AI and things like that fitting into? that world. I keep hearing it every, every second, you know, it's AI, AI, AI. And yeah. I, I don't know that much about it. I don't know what I don't know. And I'm trying to educate myself and learn myself yeah. about it. What I think is it's going to take over. It's going to transform the workplace. And yeah. I, I, I can probably compare it to the iPhone coming to the market in 2008. Mm. We were all using our Blackberries, which we loved back then, or our Nokia phones, whatever it was. Yeah. And then Apple came along and completely changed the way we worked yeah. and said, here's our smartphone. I'm going to, you're going to have applications and you're going to have this. And it got, I don't have an Oyster card anymore. I don't have a Nectar card. It's, I don't even, even my flight tickets are on my phone. Yeah. They completely yeah. transform the way we work. And that's what AI is going to bring. Give it, give it five, 10 years. It'll be completely different to the way we're working now. It can be scary for some people to get on board. Yeah. I'm definitely having more meetings about it and trying to understand it and see yeah. how can we bring it into, into workplace and more companies are getting in contact with us. Yeah. I had an experience recently where a friend of mine was working on a large project and he goes, do you want to see the project I'm working on? Yeah. And uh, I put on this massive of headset and I, and I was transformed into a resort uh, in the Caribbean that they were working on. He's an really? ar- architect. And it felt it felt so real. There was butterflies flying around. I could hear the sea. It was really? completely immersive. Yeah. And I was just thinking, how could that translate back to the FM world? Can yeah. we show the client their building? Can we show them what you know, what a fit out could look like or what yeah. clean could look like? Yeah. There's so many different possibilities. So it's very exciting. Yeah. I feel if you don't get on board with it, you're going to be left behind pretty quickly. I think so as well. I, I, I can't wait to see what... Yeah. Um, the world looks like in 10 years time but I always think there'll be a human touch somewhere in there how many times have you spoken to an Autobot or someone an automated machine it. and you scream at it yeah, and just it. give me a human to speak yeah. to and I, I really do believe uh, in the Marriott they have this digitised process for business um, business people they can yeah. walk into the hotel their key's actually on their phone programmed in already yeah. they've got no reason to come near anybody but they ask them just to come to the desk so they can welcome them so they, they yeah. put in a human moment in, in, the, in, in that whole digital process yeah. they make them come to the desk they ask them for their 
the card, they verify it and they go, welcome back, Mr. Killing, for example. Yeah. They inserted a human moment into a completely digitized process. Yeah. And that's why I think the future, it needs to have, we want to have authentic humans looking at I, I, I think, I, do you know what? I think you make a really interesting point there because I think that if we don't build that human experience into it, we're going to have significant issues from a mental health perspective across the entire absolutely, population. Absolutely. Because all it's going to do is that there are people... Um, that need um, that human interaction, you know. However, they're quite introverted, yeah. and if they can avoid it, they will, yeah. you know. And unfortunately, if they, but you still need it, whether you're introverted, extroverted, whatever, yeah. you need that interaction. Absolutely, you know. So, so I think that in the future, if we don't, you know, build those human moments in, make sure that those connections are continuing to be made. We'll have a significant issue, yeah, yeah. you know, because we, we are seeing that now with the kids today in terms of, you know, how they are with Since their COVID. smartphones and yeah. things like that. You know, we're seeing that they're kind of moving away from that. You know, I force my kids. I'm like, get out of the house. Yeah, <laughs> give me that phone. You know, <laughs> go play football. Go yeah. break a window. I don't care. Just do something. <laughs> the magic triangle would be is if you can get the IoT of things, so get, yeah. get that talking to the AI and getting that making decisions that humans don't need to make anymore. So like heat control, those those mundane things like flushing taps or checking yeah. temperatures that we can get our engineers upskilled to do for other things. So it's not about replacing humans. It's just like taking out the mundane tasks and getting, yeah. them, getting them to do, re, reskilling them to do other other jobs. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? One of our guests said something very, very interesting, that technology doesn't displace the human being. It just moves human beings into a different area yeah. to do something different. And I think that that was a very pertinent point. And I do think that that's how it will, will transpire. Yeah. Well, I, I hope so anyway yeah. I'm kind of hoping nobody can do my job because this one will get rid of me yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> like, I'm going to say I'm going to have to save some money yeah. <laughs> okay brilliant um, so look let's move on to um, environmental social and governance because you know I think that you know that that's I think there's two hot topics in the world at the minute AI um, and probably ESG um, how do you think ESG is going to impact the industry um, on the whole over the coming years? Like the like we said before, it's come from the board down now. So I've mm. seen in Seabury, we've gone from having a few ESG experts to over, over nearly 100 ESG experts. Yeah. And, and what I learned was in the environmental space was my small involvement in that world was when it came to waste management, it's something I'm passionate about. So yeah. we were looking at where the waste, the journey of the waste, where it's going to. Yeah. So zero to landfill, what you expect our conversion to energy. Um, and then people start looking at recycling. I think we're doing a great job. And I was thinking, well, actually, no, th th we're doing a great job because there's less people in the building. That's why yeah. the, that's why the waste has come down. Yeah. It's actually measured, let's me measure it for every full-time employee that is in the building. And then let, let's stop looking at recycling, look at reduce and reuse. Yes. It's a much more powerful way of actually tackling the waste. So try yeah. to stop coming to site in the first place or getting it back to the suppliers so they can reuse it. Yeah. And don't just think about um, putting what's, what's going through your waste stream. Yeah. That was very, very powerful doing that. But I'm more on the social side, as you, as you can probably yeah, imagine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I, I was broke kicking and screaming into, into the social enterprise world because right. a client really wanted to do it. And I had I had my procurement line all set up. And then she's like, let's try this, let's try that. I was like, okay. But what happened was I really opened my eyes that companies can really make a social change. So yes. by reaching out to the, 
communities. We started doing workshops with disadvantaged young people and they come in to do interviews and they were so shy or they were so nervous just to do a simple mock interview. But right. it, re- it really, really helped them, giving them access to mentors and networks and getting them out there in the world. And mm. and social, and then using social enterprise companies, social enterprise cleaning companies, social enterprise security companies yeah. that actually are non nonprofits sometimes. They give give back money. Absolutely fantastic. We yeah. should support wherever we can. Yeah. That, that's become really, really big. Right. Um, and work, uh, clients sometimes have targets now towards that. So our model in Seabree works so well because we can say we're going to self-deliver your engineering and your front mm. house where we specialize in but we're going to outsource the other elements that we, that we don't specialize in but we'll bring in the best experts that meet your needs whether it's cleaning security or catering for example right. that's, that's why it's a very powerful model and it works yeah. very well for us right okay fantastic so is are there any did, did, with regards to the social aspect I, I always think that's really complex to be honest with you because we, you know i think Across the industry, we all band bandy about certain things. Yeah. You know, we do X, we do Y. You know, we've built a playground. We've done this. We've done. You know, how do we make real differences from a social perspective? In your view, it's it's using the power of the spend and influence we have yeah. by opening doors. So I know clients. Uh, some clients are actually using their space at weekends to open it for homeless shelters. So they're using right. the food left over rather than going to waste to recycle it into proper meals Fantastic. and le- letting them use that space. That yeah. that's, that's a huge difference. Yeah. Or man- mandating that you take people from a certain backgrounds and give them give them access. Yeah. Give them access to your, to your your building because back in the day you'd have people come in. Who 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 do you know? You get the job and yeah. try, and try to make those days go away and say actually we're, we're Going to look at the community, the outreach that we that we can do and look after people. There's some waste companies now that transfer waste over to Africa. I mean, buildings are closing down, desks yeah. and chairs are no longer needed. They transfer back to Africa, and you get to see it. Actually, the children so excited to have these new desks and chairs. Yeah, yeah, After, yeah. You know, it, when you see it, when you make it real, that's what where the real impact is for it. Yeah, that's really really true. And I'd, I'd like to I'd like to see a big move towards um, young people. Um, I'd, I'd like to see business supporting young people. You know, since 2008, they haven't really had youth clubs to go to. Yeah, yeah. You know, th- there's repercussions associated with that, which we see on the news probably every day. Um, so so I'd, I'd really like to see some kind of, um, some kind of, you know, I wouldn't even call it a support network, just just some kind of avenue for the youth to be able to express themselves appropriately. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's not just about building playgrounds, is it? You know, I mean, there's loads of people doing out, brilliant things out there, like boxing social clubs yeah. and, um, you know, you know, local communities creating their own social enterprises for young people. But I think we could definitely do more for young people. I agree. People. Or even giving our own time to, to mentor those people yeah. or offer our time to them to say, look, I can put you in contact with this person or yeah. I can... You know, the FM world, we, we, we learn a lot quite quickly. And we I, do. I yeah. wish I had a mentor earlier on before. Yeah. I took me in my 30s before I got one. Yeah. But having someone that can just have this kind of like a big brother approach, what do you think of this? No judgment. If you fall on your bum to say, don't worry, get back up and get on with this. Yeah. You know, no regrets. Yeah, that, that would be fantastic to have. And I yeah. think the younger generation almost need that. I think so as well. They have those kind of schemes in the US, don't they? Those big brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they that. do. I don't think I've seen them in the UK. Have you seen them? No, no, no. I don't. I don't think I haven't. I wonder if it'd work over here. I think it would. Do you reckon? Anything that can help or give them time and get them away from their phones or their video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And get them... You know, they, they have a contribution to make to society, and that, that that's where if we can get that through to them, then yeah, without a doubt, of course to do. So, like you know, sticking with sort of young people and mentoring. Um, obviously, you mentioned that you had a mentor in your thirties. Uh, you know, who was that individual, and how did that individual support you? It was Greg Daniels, was his name. So right. he was another Irish man, but he was uh, much more higher in the business than I was. Yeah, and 
going out to tender that at that time, actually, uh, it's a very nerve-wracking moment to think I could lose this contract. So he was absolutely, he said, you are the contractor, you must absolutely believe you're going to win this contract. Yeah. When you walk into your people and tell them you're going, you, you tell, we're going to win this, we yeah. have to do certain, we do a great job day in, day out. So everything yeah. that we've done so far is going to keep the contract, but you have to go through this process yeah. because you have to fundamentally believe it. And I went back and had the exact same town hall yeah. with, the, with all the large team that we had. I said, Look, we're going through this process. And uh, by having that, someone who's been through that before, yeah. and able to support and guide you was, ap- was absolutely fantastic and I had to go through it a second time actually um, oh really yeah, yeah I went last year when I went back to do another contract it was out to tender very secure contract long relationship yeah. um, but again these things have to go to market every so of often course they the, do, yeah. the client has a right to benchmark and make sure they're getting value yeah. for money uh, I went back to being a counter again it was much easier second time round because yeah. I was like okay I know what to do here so, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah. I came in I had the exact same town hall and said yeah. we're going to win this but we, you, because of you, the work you do every single day yeah. um, we're we're, we're, we're fine. We just might need to change the way we're working, refresh things up a little bit because yeah. sometimes things can get a bit stale or stagnant. Yeah, a bit of a refresh. Yeah, bring, in your, bring in the solutions team, have a fresh look at it. What are other clients doing? Yeah. And we, we retained it and we uh, and we were able to move on. Well, congratulations on that. Thank That's you. That's always Thank good you. news. Um, okay, so, um, you know, what, what are some of the challenges that you think the, the, the industry is facing at the moment today? I'm not going to say the B word. No, don't say that. <laughs> don't say the B word. <laughs> but I, I definitely see it because... When I came from, there was definitely a cycle of people came to London. If they didn't have the language, they would go into coffee shops or into hotels. Mm. They'd learn the language. They'd get, they'd get the confidence. They'd come out. They'd come into my front of house world. And we would up, uh, upskill. Mm. And that was like this constant cycle. They were always there. And yeah. all, as people were moving on, they'd say, I can recommend this person. There was this constant cycle. That stopped. It's, it's really dried up. And Has it really? Yeah, I really, I really think the, the, the right. gap in people that we have, our supply partners are struggling in the cleaning world to, mm. to fill vacancies. And it's, yeah. it's, we're, we're very big at promoting the, uh, internally in Seabury, it's one of our uh, selling points, but you yeah. need fresh blood coming in too behind it. That's true. So yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you need that, con- that constant flow of talent and try yeah. to attract people to the FM world, keep them in the FM world and yeah. promote them. But it, you need that kind of, as I said, that, that, that journey, people coming behind them to keep it all refreshed. Does that go back to something we were talking about earlier in terms of the youth? You know, is, is there something that we can do um, from an educational perspective, you know, is there workshops? Can we go into schools? Can we, you know, can we do things like that? You know, is, is there ways that we can bring, because look, there's lots of people out there that either don't have roles or, you know, I'm just spitballing here, Shane. I'm asking yeah. you answer because I'm nowhere near as capable as you are. No, no, no. I don't, I don't know if I have the answer to that, but I, yeah. I, if we can go out and reach out to the youth and get them into these roles and get them started their careers in FM at an early age, why not? I mean, what better way to learn to manage things than to learn it yourself from the, from the ground up or, yeah. or landscaping or security, whatever, whatever your yeah. path you take? Yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah, But the yeah. challenge is there. The challenge is real. Look, the real living wage went, went up again this week. Yeah, it did. £13.15. Uh, good to Fantastic to yeah. see. So we need, we need to get that filtered through to our clients that we, we need to have this put through for our people. Yeah. The, the difference between the supervisor and the team leaders, they need, need to keep going yeah, up you've got to well. get that deferential. Uh, yeah, it's uh, got to stay the same. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. Why are they getting £1.20? Yeah. That's not fair. Yeah, so when, you, when, when the clients are on board with it, absolutely fantastic. It, it can be worked like magic. Yeah. Uh, and that's... The challenge in the front of house world is they're getting closer and closer to it. The front of house used to have this kind of um, salary difference because of language skills. The yeah. cleaning world's coming fast and furious behind it. Yes, it is. And you yeah. might get you know you might get people thinking that I'm better off being a cleaner and doing that role and and then being on the front of house. So yeah, 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 yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah, <laughs> That'd be quite good. Yeah. Okay, so you know, in, in terms of in, ter- in terms of the industry, how do you stay informed about? you know, new developments and trends, you know, what do you do? I know that you called me into a meeting two years ago. My brain, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not, not that you picked it for very long. <laughs> but go on. 
we look, we get a lot of content sent to us. We're, yeah. I work, work for a global um, company, so a lot of great content gets sent to us. And I always find you can read that and take it on board, but you can't be a single source of information. You must do your own research. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm allowed to, I, I read the Financial Times every day. It's Our company allows us to actually um, subscribe to that, which is great. Wow. So reading that is fantastic. I read my own books. I was at a hotel conference last week uh, for boutique hotels because I want to see what they're doing. Yeah. And I, and I read as many books as I can. I'm not a natural reader, but I force myself to read. Right. Um, and I find reading books is a great way of getting information and, and inspiration. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. I'm a terrible, I, I don't read. I used to, but I, 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 I need to get back into it. I know, but it's, 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 I, I just find it keeps my brain active. Yeah. Or keeps me, it keeps me, we were talking about sleeping on trains and planes. If I don't read, I fall asleep instantly. So well, yeah. at least reading buys me some time. The thing is, though, I spend my life reading tenders and things like that. So I, I, I kind of read all day long. So when, when, I, when I get like, oh, I'm like, oh, no, just stick a telly on. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I watch some wrestling or something one day and I don't have to think about it. You know but if I mean? you get a good book, you can't put down. That's very exciting. Yeah, yeah. But to be fair, the last the last book that I read, and I'm really embarrassed to say this, but it's true, um, was Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and I think that I read that about 35 as well, to be fair. Nice. Um, it's really, really good. Okay, so just going back to mentoring. Yeah. Okay. Um, do, do you mentor anybody at the minute? I do. I do. You do. And how do you structure that? What's what's your what's your way of developing that? I let them lead it. So what what do right. you want from this? So I've been mentoring her for over a year now, so it's much more comfortable. At first, it was very formal. There's a mentoring program, and yeah, yeah, I read yeah. the notes, and she read the notes, and I after one or two sessions, it was very stiff. I said, "Look, what are, we, are you getting value from this?" And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. What I find is if I put a date in the diary, I stick to it. Nothing worse than someone moving a date around. Yeah. When I'm with the mentory, I give my absolute attention. I didn't never look at my phone. I never check emails. They have my full attention. Yeah. If we do it on Zoom, I make sure there's no noise around me. So I give them I respect the time that I have with them. Yeah, yeah. Because they put that time in their diary. And, right. Um and only for obviously for a client or a major reason would I, would I move that which they would understand. Mm. It's not about me telling my life story that this is what I've learned. It's like it's like what what are you going through right now? And I give them different scenarios saying, Well, if we go if we go down route A, how would that play out? If we go down route B, yeah. As making them think themselves rather than saying, Well, in my experience, this was this what's gonna happen. Yeah. And sometimes you the mentor can be talking and she's gonna say, and you know it's the wrong thing to do. Yeah. And then your instinct is to say, Oh no, that's you're gonna fail. But you have to let them fail almost sometimes and say, yeah. So okay, let's say that how that plays out for you and let, let me let me know how that goes. Yeah. And they come on and say, Oh my god. She wanted to that. So what happened? Because and he said, okay. So what have we learned from that? From that? From that failure? And I, I'm yeah. a big. I'm a big thing on positive thinking. Yeah, for great. Me, the glasses I have always yeah, have yeah, full. Same, same. I designed a program called the Mindset of Excellence, which we, which is a program that we train all of our people on. Right. And it's all about looking, looking at. So we've been called uh, once bitten, twice shy, three wants to make me cry. And basically, if the same issue gets re, um, gets raised three times, it then gets an in depth look from a manager. So right, so I think a printer gets broken down, and someone we do a first line fix. It breaks down again a first line fix and then it happens a third time third time it gets flagged yeah. this printer's now broken three times we're, we're going to have a fourth let's stop this in its track What's the issue take the domino out now before this gets bigger and bigger and bigger yeah, yeah, yeah. and then and that can be for a heating issue it can be for so it gets like a root cause what's going on here basically yeah. and that fixes so many future tickets you won't believe how much how powerful that is so when I go on to sites and I say um, show me your reactive tickets um, yeah. and they're like 
trying to find the folder and trying to find it. I said, how often do you analyze it? So, well, we put it in the month. I said, how often do you analyze it? Do you actually yeah. go through it and understand it? Because this is the story of the building. The building's talking to you through the tickets and it's telling you what's working and what's not working. And if you don't oh, read I the love, story... I love, I love that <laughs> I love that. If you don't read the story, you won't know what's going on. So you can walk around all you want and you can read reports and you can read... But if you don't listen to the building... Yeah. Uh, then you won't know what's going on. The building is talking to you. I like that. <laughs> I like that, Shane. That's absolutely fantastic. Okay, brilliant. Quite an interesting approach to mentoring then. So Yeah, let, um, let them like, let them lead what, what they want yeah. uh, and let them fail. I mean, if, if a client's involved, you won't let them fail. But if it's something where they have to learn a lesson from that, yeah. like, for example, if you're managing someone, which I learned when I was younger, and they're being too nice to them and they're taking the mickey out of them as a manager, yeah. I'm not going to say turn harsh or, you know, Throw the rubric at them. Say, well, how do you want to play that out? Because okay, I'm, I'm going to bring them all out for coffee and a pizza. That's a great idea. Go do it. In yeah. fact, they're still taking the mickey out of me. So, okay, we've tried that now. Let's try something different. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Don't say, oh, you should have done that. Let them learn from their mistakes. They're as powerful as as the good times um, when you fall down. Getting yeah. back, getting back up, is, and therefore more before done a lot. No, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair, Shane, I kind of want to be mentored by you, mate. <laughs> um, I'm a rough diamond, but there's definitely yeah. talent. There. <laughs> Um, okay, so listen, let's let's go into um, something a little bit different. You know, what particular um, what particular lesson have you learned from a very difficult process that you've been involved in? Is is there? Do you have any examples or something that's that stands out? Um, I suppose the most difficult time in my FM was going to an employment tribunal Why? over ten years ago. Yeah, um, and. We done everything right, but the person felt aggrieved, and they put it through the process, and they got it to a tribunal, yeah. and I had to go to a full court and be cross-examined. We had to get, and the company backed me one hundred percent because they said you done nothing wrong here. We had yeah. the, we have the paperwork. We're, we're content how it was handled because yeah. to get to a tribunal, you have to go through the different grievances anyway. Yeah, you do. Of so it, you, it's, yeah. it's not an easy, yeah. easy thing to get to. Mm. So we went through all that. Um, it was a client removed from from site. For legitimate reasons, yeah. but the person didn't feel that way. So they wanted to have their day in court and they got their day in court. So we went, it was four days of watching my MDs be being cross-examined. And it was very difficult to watch thinking, God, I, this, I was the manager of all this and you have to yeah. cross-examine yourself. Yeah. Um, but as my barrister said at the time, goes, you just have to remember the truth and t- you need to tell your story. Yeah. And they have to tell the truth and their version of that. And that's very hard to do when you're being cross-examined. Yes. And he goes, it's my job to bring the truth out and I'm going to do it. And he absolutely did it. Did he? And we won the case completely. Completely. Right. Um, which at the time I was very satisfied over. So I got my victory. And the MD felt said, justified. But the MD said, there's yeah. no victory here for us, Shane. She goes, we end up in tribunal. She goes, we won, we came our case, we've cleared our name. She goes, but there's no victory here for us either. And yeah. that was a really powerful lesson I learned from, from that MD. That makes sense, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it should never get to that point. Yeah. And she's the one that said, what, the, I said, you know, taking the domino out. She's the one that said to me, taking that, where could we take that domino out sooner to stop this getting here? And yeah. that was the lesson learned from that. Yeah. And also yeah. having your paperwork, make sure you do your one to ones, make sure you do your appraisals, do your site visits. Yeah, because if, if it's not there, it's not there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, cool. And similarly, is, is there anything that you're particularly proud of um, during your career? Um, I can think of a few moments. I think it might be a strange one, but when I was the front of house in the front of house world, I had a lot of females working for me. Yeah, and they were at that age where they went they went off to have a baby, and right. almost ninety two percent, if I remember correctly, came back to work afterwards. Some came back full time, some came back part time, some came back for one hour lunch. Cover. That's a high statistic. But we had actually. the culture of wanting yeah. those people to come back to work if they wanted to come back to work. Yeah. and we made a, when they told us they were pregnant, we celebrated it with them. Yeah, and we made sure that the appointments were not a hindrance. We we, we made sure that a, the appointments were held. We had the cover in place. We encouraged 
encourage them to go to their appointments. We yeah. encourage them to work from home as they got later in their pregnancy. Don't yeah, come yeah. in. We got them returning to it. We really wanted to look after them. Yeah. They had their babies. And then when their time was, do you want to come back? Great. Shit, I can't come back full time. Don't you worry. We have these four other options. What works for your new world now? Yeah, flexible if you, working. If you look so at that, yeah. before flexible working was a, th- a thing to do. Um, See, another another time where you've innovated and brought in something before, <laughs> before it was even... But that's just giving, treating them like humans, treating them like human beings, basically. Yeah. Uh, and they really appreciate that. And they want to show that loyalty back to you. Yeah. And I guarantee there's no more determined person than a return to work mother because they love getting out of the house. They love yeah. the, they and if you give them that time to look out to drop their baby off to school and pick them up and yeah. they come to work, they'll do anything for you. And yeah, yeah. Oh that's a lovely that's yeah. a, that's, that's really when people ask me that question, that's what I always think of that. Because there's so many other great achievements. But yeah, yeah. you know, tender wins can come, they're great. But yeah. if you think of the human element, that's what means more to me that. And now they've grown up those kids and there's they still send me photographs on Facebook saying, look, he's twelve years old now. I go, Jesus really? Christ, I remember when he was born and <laughs> yeah. Time goes so fast. Oh, it does, God yeah. Do you you're talking to a father of three, you know, I know, I know that <laughs> yeah. more than most. You know, and so does the wallet before yeah, you get to yeah. it off now. Okay, so um you know, any regrets? No, I said before, I'm glass half full. So yeah. I, I genuinely believe in that. So yeah. this mindset of uh, when, when I was the account director uh, um, in, the, in the finance world, I never let the team say, I have a problem. Yeah. A, because I set right beside the client. And B, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was, can I update you on something? And they had to give a solution. So they come and say, it might even be a riddle. Someone might have slipped and broke a leg. As long as the person's been, so they come and say, can I update you on something? We have a, we have a serious situation with, with, the, with the cleaner. I said, well, what's happening? Ambulance has been called. Yeah. Fine. So everyone had, knew what their part in that was. The most important thing was the person who's injured. We have to go help them. Yeah. So that having that in place, if you if you allow yourself to get to, I have a problem, your mind says, we're in trouble. We've done something bad. Then that, that whole, you as a leader are panicking. You you must stay above that. Yeah. So as the manager came and said, what are we doing about it? Are we okay? Are we on top of things? I'll update the client. Let's get the person into hospital. Let's follow them there to make sure they're looked after. Let's get them an ambulance home, or a car home afterwards. Oh, all that but if you if you the word problem or ne- I don't even allow negative words yeah. so regrets I don't accept regrets I don't accept problems it's just lessons learned and how what you learn from them PMA yeah. positive mental attitude yeah. that's what I like yeah. to hear that's what I like to hear <laughs> alright I'm going to throw you a curveball here oh, I'm going to ask you no. a question I've not asked anybody else but I think you can handle it Shane to be fair so we've talked about the last 14 years yeah yeah what does the next 10 years look like for Shane Killeen in terms of his career what do you want to achieve where do you want to get to I always want to be a man Growing up, I said, I want, I want to be the guy in the suit telling people what to do and looking after, making decisions, basically. Yeah. Been there. I've always been very hungry to more and more and more. And when I got the job into a good place, you think, let me just sit here now and yeah. enjoy. But no, I pushed myself further into more, uh, get out of my comfort zone, out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Um, and now I'm in a situation where I used to be very nervous presenting to people. If, if, if I knew if I'm in the room, I could present fine yeah. and my humor would come out. But yeah. put me in front of strangers, even three or four, I would fall apart instantly. You could hear the, right. vo- hear the voice quivering, the mouth going dry, trying to get the, wa- <laughs> get the water. Yeah. And I pushed myself into my, out of my comfort zone to get and I and I can talk in front of three or four hundred people now yeah. and not get nervous at all. Oh brilliant. I'm probably at a, a place where I don't want to go any higher in my career. I'm I'm 34 in the mirror of 43. If you look at it reverse, yeah. <laughs> I'm really 43. Right? Yeah, yeah, I convince myself I'm 34. No, right no, I'm 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 34 <laughs> as well. Yeah. And I think because of COVID, I'm at an age now where your parents are getting older. So spending more time in Ireland, I, yeah. can, I can work from home there. My I have a fantastic boss that lets, lets me do that. So I can work. Oh, from, lovely. So be able to be able to go to Ireland, work from home and spend time with the family because as you said, the kids grow up the nieces grow up so quick and the nephews yeah yeah of course they do, yeah. Um, so that's important to 
I love my work. I give it a hundred percent. But when I'm not at work, I don't even think about it. That that's why, like, really, yeah. Oh man, I wish I had that door in my brain. <laughs> I don't have that door in my brain. I'm always you know, a million miles an hour. Kids, you need work. to meditate. Meditate every morning for meditate. ten minutes. And completely clear your mind of oh, all thought. Mm, yeah, no, I'd start thinking about something stupid like Scooby Doo. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I had I had ADHD before it was diagnosed as ADHD. Okay, you know, okay. my brain's like a million miles an hour. The only time I can truly shut off is if I am just watching something inane on the television, which sounds really, really silly, but like just the stupidest programs, I'll just sit there and, and, and I'll be like, I'm not thinking of anything. But then I think to myself, I'm not thinking of anything. Yeah. And the next thing I know, I'm thinking about loads You can't stuff. win. You can't yeah, win. I can't win. I can't win. Okay, brilliant. So obviously you've talked about the family, you know, but outside of work, you know, I think we've got a really clear picture that, you know, your enthusiasm for people, the industry and so on. So that's great. You know, what gives you the greatest enjoyment outside of work? Probably my friend's dog. And I even have a photograph of it on my phone and people go, oh, I really? love your dog. Oh, actually, it's not my dog, but uh, his name is Louie. He's the most right. beautiful Labrador ever. Oh, I've got a Labrador. Yeah, Chance. then you get it. You oh, get, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 100%. And any time I can spend with him, even when my friend is not there, like, I've got keys to the house. I'm letting myself in. I'm, <laughs> I want to see the dog. And then I say, I'll come see you this weekend, Eugene. He's like, you're coming to see the dog show. We, we know that yeah. now. We've learned that you're, it's all about the dog. Yeah. Um, so the dog, getting home to see my nieces and nephews, yeah. trying to stay fit. And I put that in inverted commas because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big guy. But I'm, I'm the same. I'm the same. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to get more active. I mean, I do like 13, 14,000 steps a day. I, yeah. I, I'm always on moving around. Most yeah. of my time is traveling up and down the UK. I'm not yeah. really office-based. So I, I get the steps in. But um, outside of that, I try to play tennis and just, uh, and I, I really meditate every morning. I, I, that was given to me by my friend. How long I, do you meditate for? Just 10 minutes. Just, it's just a case you just sit there and... I get up, I shower, I have my coffee, so I'm awake. Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I lie down straight away, I just fall asleep again. Yeah. And I just play some kind of calming music. Really? And it, it, you need to learn how to do it because it's very hard to clear your head. Yeah. But when you do it, just for 10 minutes, I set an alarm, I come back into the real world. And it works. Uh, yeah. And when problems occur, it just gives you more control over your mind. Really? It really, really does. Well, I might have to try that. Right? Yeah, highly recommended. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, listen, that's the end of um, another Wear Many Hats podcast. How did you find that, Shane? I went so quick in the end. Jesus, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind. See, that's what happens. You start yapping and away yeah. you go. You know? I didn't curse once. I'm very proud of myself. Well, you did say... Bitching. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. You, can get, you can get away with that. It was in an anagram, BMW, you know what I mean? So, yeah, well, everyone thinks it's BMW for the cars. And yeah, when you yeah. throw a bitching morning wine at them, it just catches them off guard. Like I said, nicking it. I yeah. like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve right. Shane, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank um, you, guys. Thank you very much for taking the time to come and chat to us. Um, I'm, I'm sure the listeners are going to find this a very interesting episode. Hopefully, um, If anybody wants to reach out to Shane or anything like that, then feel free to. Or yeah, please. Yeah, please. Um, or via the podcast. Um, we'll happily put you in touch if you're looking for somebody who's got the kind of experience in workplace services. Happy to tell. Um, but that's the end of another episode, guys. Thank you. Much. We will see you all again soon. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.